Well, hello everybody and welcome again to Weirdly Magical with Jen and Lou. And I am Lou, astrologer and author of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Discover Your Soul's True Purpose. Check out the reviews on Amazon. It's getting great reviews. So uh, yeah. if, you, if you haven't left me a review yet, please do. So, <laughs> so Jen... <laughs> yes yes that's a great book really fabulous for um getting a sense of astrology for yourself so highly recommended i'm jen and uh, i'm an akashic uh, reader healer numerologist uh, channel and i have my cards i'm the creator of the illuminating journey cards so this is what they look like and from the back so they're here if you're interested. I have my we'll talk more about it. Well, ah. <laughs> before I launch into the um, just talking about the technical details of the Sagittarius new moon and things we have going on up to that, do you want to pull a card, Jen? Yes, yes. I actually just pulled a card, which is the one <coughs> I showed, which is the 19. And um, I, I think that for those who can't see it, this is like a, um, it's a mix of being like a, a place of games with the uh, like Greek games. There's an amphitheater. There's this woman rising above with her um, uh, shield. And she's connecting to the energy of the cup, the chalice, which is the female power. The energy coming out of the chalice is how we, connect to our divine power how we create space for that to be so it, it's a very kind of mystical card in many ways there's this globe here where there are people meeting um, and so there's a lot of energy in this card about new beginnings and 19 is a number of new beginnings and in fact it's interesting because we're going into a 19 year Mm -hmm. uh, 19 is fascinating because we have the one which is about new beginnings the nine which is about endings so we're between those places between beginnings and endings and this is kind of showing to me this idea of the energy rising from our own action the thing we leaping into is to accept this idea that the power comes from within us and the choices mm -hmm. we make as we go forward so we're supported by the universe but we also have to kind of leap we have to make this leap to have something different and how in alignment is that because we are being asked to leap right now but i have to say that <laughs> that i i lived in um in ireland in the 70s and there's a, a fort um in donegal that me and my friends used to cycle to and that card just instantly like reminded me of that memory so there's something wow. there wow. for me i think to to think oh about. yeah yeah yes absolutely yeah. interesting because this photo i took the background photo is actually tentagel oh. oh so that's you know and then of course it's been changed but yeah it's interesting that it's actually it has that kind of magical quality of the and celtic kind of um, yeah yeah mm. yes nice i'll be uh, thinking about that one after this so <laughs> <laughs> so right though as we record this we are what date is it the 26th 
Yes, the 26th. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think we are still, yeah, Jupiter is just about to leave his Kazemi with the sun. Um, as we record, we were just discussing how we both had a sleepless night because this big, big energy of Jupiter and the sun was conjunct overnight for, for me here in the West. And I do want to mention it um, briefly because um, thanks to Angela Tiki, who is actually Greece, so it's interesting in Greece, so it's interesting that Jen mentioned Greece in her card. Um, she um, talked about this Jupiter-Sun cycle, how um, this conjunction is at four degrees or three, three, four degrees of Sagittarius. And the last time it was at the beginning degrees was 83 years ago in 1935. And wow. how, how that starts an 83 year cycle. So overnight, we were literally really starting a new 83 year cycle where Jupiter and Sun will move a few degrees, about four degrees every 12 years through Sagittarius. Um, and I'm not going to go into loads of detail. I talked about it on my blog yesterday, but, um, back in 1935, we did have the rise of fascism, of course, and we see some of this right wing, um, a lot of this right wing stuff rising at the moment as well. But, um, I do want to give people hope and Angela did as well, because back then every, almost everything else in the chart was reversed. Back now we have the moon's nodes, um, the north node in Cancer and the south node in Capricorn. And back then they were flipped, um, north node in Capricorn. Um, also um, Neptune. Neptune is in Pisces and um, is, oh my, my internet, and is squaring Sagittarius and... Um, in 1935, Neptune was over in Virgo. So there's a whole different flavor to the, um, to the energy from 1935. And her hope and my hope is that because of these reversals and flips, um, we are able to see the rise of fascism coming and um, able to reverse it this time. <laughs> so just uh just an interesting um observation um we also have and um i'm not going to go into every aspect but um tomorrow morning early here on the west coast we also have sun conjunct mercury mercury will be having um his retrograde kazimi to the sun and when kazimi means in the heart of um so mercury is going to be kind of blinded by the light of the sun and it's a, a sweet spot in the middle of the retrograde. But we have these three um, big energies all together in Sagittarius kind of launching this podcast. Um, we also have a fixed, uh, sorry, a cardinal, cardinal grand cross building um, between the nodes and the Venus Uranus opposition. Venus in Libra that she rules and Uranus back in Aries retrograde um, revisiting some things. He's the only planet um, that will be left retrograde when the uh, Mercury turns direct on December the 6th, the only major planet. Um, so we'll talk about that a bit as well. 
And then we have the new moon that we're coming up to on December the 7th, the day after Mercury turns direct. And this new moon is at 15 degrees Sagittarius and um, is square to Mars and Neptune. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> so first thoughts from you, Jen. Well, uh, I think... I was just thinking about the 19 when you were talking about it because it's such an important number. And one of the key aspects of the 19, as we're about to enter a year that has the 19 and before we hit the 2020s, it's very powerful because this is about that remake of us. Uh, the 19 is considered the, the number where we are invited to shine our light, right? We, we become the sun or to... Um, or become the sun in our worlds. So it's uh, it's about uh, not being eclipsed by events or circumstance, but instead rising up and going. Uh, you know, I have I, I found this light within me. Uh, so I think that's really kind of a fascinating idea behind this, with the Kazemi's happening and all this kind of energy pushing us up out of the place because we're not in the place we were in 1935. I mean. There was uh, people were uh, didn't have the internet. They didn't have access to um, the freedom of the press. And in fact, there are people who've talked about that. One of the things we didn't have um, was the freedom of the press, right? So that's really the oppression, and that's really why people want to dumb down the press and say it's fake news. They want to control the story. So that sticks out to me. I think the other thing that's really quite interesting is, of course, in the California, this happens on the 6th and um, at the 7th in the rest of the world. And when I look at the sun and moon at 15 degrees 7, so that's 15 is a 6 and the 7 minutes. Mm. So 6 and 7 are repeated. Uh, interesting when you have those two numbers together because 15 is, again, this is an alchemical number. It's a number that invites you to kind of find your joy and, and your expression of yourself so you can be of service to the world. So you're expressing yourself like, what can I do to be who I am? What can I do to help the world? Right? Mm. We're moving into a time where we're going to be more uh, uh, connected to each other. And we can even see this playing out in the field as the news comes, as there's this dominance of the, um, of the government and all this stuff trying to suppress people people are rising up and rebelling and going, uh, okay, I'm going to find a way around it. I'm going to do what I believe in. And so we can see this playing out and that's the 15. It's very powerful. It's a very loving number. It's a number of uh, really allowing us to come home to ourselves. Like what is home to us? And then of course you mentioned with the, you know, uh, the North node, I believe in cancer, there's that same aspect of finding what is home for us or what is true. What are our roots? What are the things that we want to remember about who we are? Because we can remember terrible things, but we can also remember wonderful things. So I, I find that really, you know, so I think that's really interesting. And then, of course, uh, we have that expression. I don't think Americans have it, but it's the being at sixes and sevens, which is sevens and sixes don't always get along together mm -hmm. because six is more of this emotional number of love and being of service. And seven is the one that brings us to our own internal wisdom where we want to mm -hmm. research 
who are we following? And I think this moon has a lot to do with, we have to make sure we're not following false gods or, you know, people around us have opinions and we may be drawn to it, but maybe not every part of their opinion is going to bring truth for us. So we have to make sure that we're not getting um, kind of tricked into following somebody blindly because they're kind of going in the same path we are. And interestingly, looking at, your, at the numbers, um, I did want to mention that Jupiter, um, of course, rules Sagittarius and he's in his own sign till next December. Yes. He's at six degrees too on the um, new moon on December the 7th. And, mm. and you talked about the 19. Pluto, the great transformer, is at 19 degrees of Capricorn um, still on the new moon as and as we move into a 19 year and in 1935 he was in the opposite sign also of cancer ah, so this ah, whole chart is virtually flipped so it's like he's actually yeah. heading towards the opposition of where he was um in 1935 and it sticks with me this one because that's the year my dad was born he would have been eight ah, yes. <laughs> wow well that's so interesting that whole flip or juxtaposition it gives us that opportunity to right wrongs or to shift yeah. uh, uh, the way we think about things and i think having jupiter in the you know six degrees for this new moon is very portentous for good things because this brings out that loving you know if we're willing to see our home as something or the environment we live in because when we think about our home it's not just the place we're in but it's like what is the relationship to things around us? Like we can't just be at home and have everything and everyone else around us is suffering. However, there are some people who believe that to be true. So of course we will expand what our aspect is. If we choose to be a martyr and we go, well, there's not enough or whatever kind of thing for lack. Um, and I do think that's fascinating that Pluto is at 19 because 19 is the shining the light. Now here we call Pluto is the transformer, right? Right. or through difficulty, through struggle. Like, I, I think what's really important and what the, the, everything is saying here is that we must not uh, get so impatient with struggle because we tend to go, oh, when is this going to end? When is this over? I can't stand it anymore. And it really is about embracing the struggle, not in a negative way, but in, in a powerful way. Like here I'm experiencing something. What am I choosing? Where am I standing? Where am I rooting myself? It's just a different. It's just a different perspective, isn't it? And um, you know, okay. there's a lot of energy here with the Mercury retrograde about ch changing the way you look at things. My favourite quote, and and, yes. kind of, and kind of rewriting your story. There's all that kind of energy in there as well. The, mm. the Sagittarius energy is about truth and freedom, and higher thought. Um, also, natural laws. So, you know, if you want to choose to make the most of this powerful energy that we have um, going on right now and moving forward, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really important to get in touch with what is your truth, um, mm. how do you want to live it, what's your bigger vision, um, rather than getting stuck in those minor um, details. You know, you may have, you know, a bit of a struggle in our daily basis, but what's the lesson from it? What are you learning from it? All that kind of energy. And of course, to go back to that Cardinal Grand Cross that I mentioned, um, Venus is going to oppose um, Uranus for the third time because she's just 
traveling back through her shadow period after her retrograde. Um, Urine, they did last time they opposed each other was in Taurus and Scorpio, um, which are fixed signs. This is cardinal, which are initiating signs and they are initiating change. The nodes have now moved back into Cancer and Capricorn, as we as as we already mentioned, and that's also in cardinal signs that are initiating signs. And um, they're initiating new beginnings, actually, rather than just change. It's, it's entirely new, this energy. Um, it's very different. And by the new moon, the cardinal Grand Cross will have faded. Venus will be back in Scorpio. Um, but this Venus... Um, Uranus opposition, which I'm not exactly sure when is uh, it's building right now. It's a few days away from exact, um, is going to kind of wake us up a little bit to the new beginning we need because it's it's squaring the the nodes in a new sign in new signs. It's um it's really going to shift things, and the south node being in Capricorn is about um. Is about the rules and our institutions and who we let control us, really, um, who we give our power away to and um, and also our need to control everything. We're being asked to release. <laughs> we're being asked to release all of that. Um, and all this is going to happen um, at 28 degrees, I think. So um, oh, yes. it's about a one. <laughs> so. It is. New beginnings, and yeah. that's an interesting number because 28 is one of those numbers where we're, uh, you know, we can be tricked because we've been betrayed, right? Like mm -hmm. a lot of times the reason we don't want to go forward or do something different is because we've experienced some kind of betrayal. Mm -hmm. But the truth is betrayal is just one of those things that helps us uh, uh, evolve. So if we get stuck on the idea that someone's betraying us or it's happening to us and this is terrible and I can't do anything, then we're just going to repeat those patterns over and again, over and again, mm -hmm. over and over again. But if we say, okay, well, you know, yes, I've been betrayed and now I understand what I've got to look out for and what, what's important to me. But it's also about leadership. I mean, one is about innovation. It's about leadership. This is a lot of about what's happening here in this chart. Uh, I think changing the, our idea of what leadership is. To mm -hmm. me, this is what Saturn is saying, Pluto, and all of these things are saying, you know, this idea of um, we have to stop looking to other people to lead us and to go, I know, and which doesn't mean we can't form groups but we actually have to have a sense of who we are. We have to lead ourselves. Like mm -hmm. we just can't rely on, you know, Moses or someone to come and lead us out of the, 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 um, wherever we are in the last place. Like mm -hmm. this is it. Like this is where we are. So there's a huge amount of acceptance. I am here and this is what I need to do. Uh, so I think it's changing how we've looked because we've been led, we've been looking to other people to lead us. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's so interesting with Venus and Uranus because, of course, uh, Uranus is the, you know, the higher octave of Mercury and then Neptune being the higher octave of Venus. And then we have all this activity going on between all of them, right? That kind of conversation and and opening up ourselves and having uh, Neptune and um, 
uh, Mars together in Pisces at 13 degrees, 13 degrees, again, that number, we have the same numbers coming up over and over again. Mm -hmm. This is the number of revolution. This is like Uranus's number. It's also the number of the female, uh, you know, the empowerment of the female. It's the divine goddess energy. Uh, so it's an which awakening. Which is why it's always been vilified as unlucky. <laughs> exactly. Right? Exactly. That's right. You know, we've got all these things. We've got a history of vilifying the power of woman or the ability of four different aspects to work together and be empowered. So I think that's kind of funny that, right, here they are at this female, divine female uh, energy Mm. choosing to come forward and to shock us into change right we don't change our foundations unless we've been shocked into it because you know we're just going to go along the way we've been and to look at that mars neptune conjunction astrologically um, neptune um, especially in the sign he rules pisces and interestingly we do have so many planets in the sign that they rule right now. But anyway, um, Neptune dissolves. Neptune, <laughs> kind of <laughs> Neptune gradually and slowly kind of um, uh, um, pulls back the veil. That's a good way to put it. And with Mars uh, being really the archetypal masculine, if, you, if we've got to look at the masculine, feminine as polar opposites, um, in Pisces, and in this conjunction with Neptune, it's almost like this um, this real animus, this um, you know aggressive kind of version of masculinity is being slowly dissolved um, and being brought to the truth that we actually all have masculine and feminine qualities within each of us, and um, we've got to stop elevating this hyper male. Um, version of leadership and bringing in the softening and pulling back the veil and allowing feelings to um, be validated and honored again which is the north node in cancer also you know it's all about uh, really moving to a time where you know we don't we don't say oh you're just basing that on feelings as if that's something wrong with that you know there's nothing wrong <laughs> There's nothing wrong with checking into your intuition for any of us and going on. How do I feel about this? Is this, does this feel good? Does this feel heavy? Does this feel light? You know, I, I get it because I'm a little keyboard warrior on Facebook. I get accused of it all the time. Oh, you're not being rational. You're, you're just doing it on feelings. Well, what's wrong with that? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of funny that we have this, this, you know, all of this stuff that is based on not feeling. And, you know, what brings to mind is this idea of the, um, what you mentioned about being in 1932, when all of this stuff was upside down and a different place, was people acting like their feelings didn't matter. Let's have a stuff up a lip. Let's just follow the, the plan and look how that worked out. Like it didn't work out that great. So, you know, I, I think this is it. Like when we can see, you know, that people are being hurt, then and we can open our heart and we're going, wait, or we're being stifled and hurt. And we go, no, I'm going to express myself even if you don't like it. Yeah. I think I saw your 
cartoon that was, um, you know, where the woman says fuck and then the guy, you know, is drinking the, she spilled the wine. Like, who wouldn't say fuck? Like, oh, shit, my sweater, right? And then the guy goes, well, that's not, that's not very attractive. And I mean, I've heard those kind of expressions. And the yeah. truth is, you know, well, shit, I don't care what you think. And I think that's part of it is instead of being our feelings being controlled by somebody saying, you know, you can feel here, but you can't feel there. You know, it's just like as we start to open up and then we mm -hmm. go, well, this is what I care about. Because how do we know what we care about unless we have an emotional attachment to it? Yeah, exactly. You know, and who's, she, <laughs> who's, who's, who are you hurting if you, if you just say fuck when you've spilt wine on yourself? <laughs> you feel... Oh, yeah, you may be a bit... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so, you might offend it, yes, but you know... The good thing is they know they don't want to hang around with you because yeah, you know, you know, you're not attractive. And then you're like, Oh good. Cause I don't want to hang around with somebody who doesn't like the idea that I can express whatever I want. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we're not, but we're not talking here about going, going kind of, um, anarchistic so that you're just going around hurting people i do have uh, no, the, yeah. the other side of the north node in cancer is is very nurturing and loving and caring so yeah. you know um, there is an expressing those feelings but remembering that we're all family as well the whole you know it doesn't mean you have to hang out with everybody but it does re remembering that we're all connected and um what happens to one person really ultimately happens to all of us so that's um very good yeah to remember on this exactly and i think it comes back to that whole neptunian mars thing which i think isn't the moon uh squaring or something but mm -hmm. um uh, i think part of it to me that's the bigger picture is unless we can express our emotions and feel a sense of freedom like we have value that's the 19 like and there's the 50 like we have value because we're expressing who we are. Like it doesn't mean we're vomiting all over people, but the fact that we have value because we are who we are, knowing we're expressing a part of the divine, each of us, uh, it gives us permission to be kinder. Like when we can be kind to ourselves and we know that the world accepts us, then it's so much easier to go and be kind to someone else and be generous and understanding. Uh, I think that's where people get mixed up. It says, just shut up all these people that have something different to say, and then we'll control everything. And the truth is, then that's when we get angry and frustrated. So I think there's something really key here between that Mars and Neptune at that 13, you know, being mm. underwater, the stuff dissolving. And of course, there's that aspect of the um, kind of, you know, shifting that Martian energy uh, in that way, like softening it, changing it. And, uh, and to, uh, it, it, sorry, to talk about ahead. the qualities of the signs of the Mars Neptune squaring the new moon in Sagittarius, I talked about cardinal signs. This is mutable signs. So this is real shifty energy as well, really changing. Yeah. Um, and, the um, the the square to the Sagittarius from Mars Neptune really kind of gives us a prequel to three exact squares between Jupiter and Neptune that are coming up in 2019. I'm I'm I follow my teacher Kai Pacha and I have a theme for the year and I think it's a year of about faith and belief. Well, yes. But, well, uh, I think that's a good yeah. 
I, I think uh, definitely we all have our different aspects. One big part of all of this shifting that I know from the numbers and all of that, and what I see in the movement, is this is about learning to be in joy. So to take the energy that we've experienced and to see it in a way that how do we make this experience a joyful experience as opposed to a suffering? Like we've risen through the times being having suffered and now it's time to go, okay, here I have all the suffering. What do I do with it? How do I turn it into something joyful so I can change? And I think the idea that with Sagittarius being so involved, you know, the, you know, that idea of the bow and arrow, this idea of, you know, shooting an arrow into a space. It always makes me think of Chiron, the idea of oh, healing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So there's that idea, like what was the thing about Chiron that was so, um, like in the legend, that's so uh, stultifying is that he was shot by an arrow, right? He took the arrow for someone else, appointed him and it injured him, but he could never escape this pain uh, because he he couldn't, let go of you know this and energy he was immortal <laughs> yeah as well that's right i'm immortal but i got the pain but mm-hmm. however now we have a chance to replay this with chiron even representing all of us now healing going this arrow or this poison is in me how do i move this poison out of my body mm-hmm. how do i how do i shift that energy so i become different instead of resisting the poison right it's like is it that's how most of the stuff works when you resist the poison you die right when you or you suffer for the rest of your life when you understand that the poison is the antidote that's when you begin to shift Mm -hmm. the suffering into joy and of course, Chiron, you know, a lot of times we miss the kind of end of the story where he actually gave up his womb. So <laughs> he, he gave up, or he gave up his immortality so to, uh, to heal. So that's the releasing, yes. the letting go kind of energy. And I do want to, right. you know, to go back to your point about the Sagittarius energy and the bow and the arrow and, um, and the, um, the kind of half man, half horse or half woman, half horse <laughs> of Sagittarius um, is a very optimistic sign, but it's also about embracing both your higher self and your animalistic um, self, the lower half of the body, the horse. It's about following the natural laws and really, um, well, clearly I have so much in Sagittarius. I just adore the sign. <laughs> <laughs> and this new moon's going to be on my Jupiter, so I'll be like, woo! <laughs> but we are generally really optimistic. We look for the positive. We look ahead. We we look for the good. And uh, you know, I think we can all tap into that um, during this period if we choose to. Mm and let go it's not to say you know that your suffering didn't happen or it didn't matter but you don't have to live in it still you can say this no longer defines me and um oh my internet's gone and stay off back um you know it's it's saying yes this happened i've kind of learned for it but but i don't (laughs) i don't have to sit in that energy i can rewrite that story now and and do things differently so yeah yeah, which is what all about leadership. You know, a leader chooses what to focus on. And if we choose to focus on suffering or revenge 
or I'm in too much pain to get anything done, then we can't actually make change or be part of the change. Mm -hmm. And this is the whole point of the arrow. Where are you shooting the arrow? What's mm -hmm. it pointing to? One is about that focus, that bigger vision. We all are, have the ability to visualize and, and, and match up our heads with our hearts and really get into this place of being a leader. Uh, but that, again, is we have to value our choices. We have to value our intuition. We have to value the messages. We have to go, yes, I have suffered and I've been stuck in it. Uh, I really do need to mourn over it, but I also want to move on because just repeating the same thing over and over again, it's not going to give me a different uh, experience, right? Exactly. And, uh, you know, looking at longer-term patterns, all this Sagittarius energy is moving us into an intense Capricorn um, period um, in 2020. I'm not going to dwell on it too much, but I do want to say that, you know, with the South Node this time being for the first time in eight three years being in, um, in Capricorn, and uh, we are really going to be asked to really release that idea of external control of anything. You know, it's all about personal truth. You know, and I, when I say that, I, do, I mean, you know, parents, you know, take what, <laughs> what, uh, what works for you and leave what doesn't. I mean, institutions, you know, I mean, churches. I mean, the idea that there's some man sitting on a white cloud judging everybody. I think we're going to be asked to release all of that and move into a more kind of organic truth and spirituality um that individual back to the one <laughs> right i mean i think the uh, bottom line is we don't have any control if we give our control away to mm -hmm. ideas that are old like so many of these things that we follow so many of these institutional laws and even education uh, how government is run mm -hmm. has been based on things that were decided, I don't know, two, three hundred years ago, well, or six hundred years ago. None of those things apply anymore because we've changed. Our world has changed. So we actually are the ones. We're the architects of the future. But if we don't take that kind of step to be the architect and say, okay, I understand what I believe. Let me put it through my filter. How does this uh, work for me? What do I believe for myself and what do I believe for the collective, right? Because as you were saying, we are all connected. Like I move my arm, you know, it, it impacts someone somewhere else. Mm -hmm. If I think that I need boundaries and walls, uh, well, of course we need boundaries, but if I need walls or fences to stop other people from coming in because it isn't enough, then I'm basically creating more of that not enough situation. Mm -hmm. um, I was just at a, a museum, a local freedom museum, and one of the things that's just coming to my mind, and I think it's the Sagittarius thing, but uh, uh, this one man, African man, who, you know, these settlers came in and they were taking over and asking the um, Africans how to, you know, teach us how to farm, kind of reminds me of the Indians in America and all this, like, oh, you've got all the stuff, give us all your stuff and, and we'll leave you with nothing. Uh, you come and work for us, which is this old institution. And one of these questions was when this governor or whatever put this wall around his compound was the guy who was his guide said to him, but who owns the wind? Yeah. Right. And that's this, right? Who owns the wind? Like, it's like when you decide that 
only you are allowed to certain things, mm -hmm. then everyone starts doing that and then there isn't enough for everyone. Right? Exactly. It doesn't mean we don't have walls, right? But well, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's a very indigenous kind of um, belief system that, and I'm encouraged by um, some of the elections in here in the US in the midterms, and I'm not getting party here, but there was some Native Americans one, and and what we had one guy running here in Utah who he didn't actually win, but he came close, and I think he'll win next time. But in, he's in my dis, in my district, and his in even in his talks in his platform, he talks about a different way of looking at things about you know. Mm don't all have ownership of this the land the wind the the water <laughs> we can't own and control it we, we let we're beginning to gradually release this um, manifest destiny kind of idea of we go in and we can control everything um thank god <laughs> because it's caused so much damage but you know yes to be an optimistic Saji, to go back to the optimism, we've got to look <laughs> to where that's starting to show up so that we can have some hope going forward about and where we can actually tap into that energy ourselves. Yeah, and I think part of it that uh, is so important, I think I, this, I think I read somewhere that this moon uh, is one of these moons that is activating our kind of responsibility to the earth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, listening to you talk, and I, and I heard some of these people, you know, in the States now that's happening where they're uh, uh, tear gassing these people that are trying to, you know, uh, seek asylum. And there's a bunch of people in Texas that have started bringing these people in and inviting them in. So they found a solution. Like, clearly, we can't fight government with the government's tools and weapons, mm -hmm. right? Because that's not going to work. So we have to find ways that work for us. So how do we find the way around the back door to something, you know, that we can activate? How can we go help the earth or people that are uh, suffering? We all can bring something different. If you're a healer or if you're a gardener, I mean, we're not going to bring the same tools, but we can all find ways through the windows and the open spaces to, you know, fill these places and then all of a sudden people wake and go oh, what happened everything collapsed you know the old ways collapsed that's because we're all finding different ways to go in and you know use the winds and the river and the sources the our heart the power of our heart and the ability of our vision to to see beyond our personalities you know the color we have and stuff like that yeah exactly so you know it's it's more kind of about their belief systems that are coming back in and i've said this for a long time about the age of aquarius that we're moving into we're kind of in the oh hang on it's unstable again oh i'm back <laughs> my internet keeps freezing a little bit um but um, just a moment <laughs> no <laughs> hold on <laughs> what was that i've lost my trade i've lost my trade i've thought um oh it's the shamanic more perspective and i've said for a long time that um the age of aquarius is gonna bring in the old ways in a new way you know and we see that start to happen thank god <laughs> not that the age of pisces yeah thing wrong with it but um man kind of screwed it up right. so we've got an opportunity to restart 
so it's all an experiment, right? It's all an experiment. We have to remember we, what we learned through the age of Pisces is this idea of the individual, but we didn't quite uh, uh, get past the suffering that some people suffer and some people have everything. Mm. And this is where the age of Aquarius is beginning to begin. We're dealing with the same problems, but now we have different tools. We're in a different position. Uh, you know, the viewpoint we have is different. So now we can go, okay, well, we screwed up about all of the stuff. So let's think about this in a much bigger uh, view. Like we've got to go above to see yeah. the bigger picture and go, what makes sense? What do I need to do now? Like, you know, we can't leap a thousand steps and everyone has, you know, it's nirvana, right? Yeah. We actually have to do the work. This is a slow moving effort that takes time, you know, and I think that's the part that often is missing. People talk about it, you know, and I think a lot of times in spiritual communities and all this stuff, you know, you just uh, sit there and think about it or you have good thoughts and suddenly everything's, you know, your life has changed. Or you it meditate for 10 hours a day. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, it certainly can help the energetic flow, but it's not going to do anything unless you start to do something different. And maybe your job is to sit and meditate all day, but for most of us, we actually have to do things to counteract our previous experience. Like we've done things, like something happens. Oh, I'm so annoyed you insulted me. Now we have to get past that and say, you know what, just like in that joke I was saying about the wine, you know, if, you know, before a woman would have said, oh, you're, you're, I'm not attractive. I better not say fuck. Now we're like, yeah, well, you know. The end of the meme was, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And so there's that freedom that we can go, oh, I can look at my problems. I can deal with them from that space of, I don't give a shit about this, the little petty things. Mm -hmm. What I care about is my bigger vision and working with other people who have that same vision. Yeah. So, right. So there's going to be detractors. There's going to be people saying, how can you do this? This is wrong. I don't believe it. And that's like, you know what? You have your right to believe what you have to believe, but just move out of my way because I've got things to do. Right. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> So I'm just going to look at the chart one more time, but I think we've okay. well covered everything. So um, we, I think we're going to go to the um, symbols, uh, which I forgot to do last time because I got on a roll talking about something else. Then I'll let you talk about the Sabian symbol for the new moon, first of all. Okay. I do want to mention one thing that struck me is the fact that both Chiron and Mercury are 27 degrees uh, mm -hmm. I think that's, uh, you know, it's 27, it's a nine, it's a very potent nine. It's about uh, really kind of uh, bringing a sense of wealth into things, a balance, because it's three nines. Uh, but it's also about endings and that idea of coming through uh, with compassion, with kindness, mm -hmm. with acceptance that, you know, everyone has their place in the world, right? Unless the world bumps them off, we all have to find a way to cohabit and, you know, while we can't be listening to everyone, we have to focus on where we're going. We have to recognize that it doesn't make them wrong, right? And these two are, are, are connected, um, are speaking to each other in the new moon chart by a lovely trine aspect, which is a very healing aspect, I always find as well. So there's, there's that part of it as yes. well. Yes, the mind, shifting the mind, right? From and it's going from being fixed. 
and they're in water signs which are more about feelings and emotions so it goes back (laughs) (laughs) i was just saying you know we kind of overlap it's funny how our thoughts kind of overlap but you know the thing is that with the it's that shifting changing our minds releasing ourselves from the debt of being you know believing that certain things were true and only those things are true you know yes we can elevate our mind and expand our heart so very powerful very cool so the symbols all right, all right. so you're going first no you can go first yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so the sagittarius 16 the um sabian symbol seagulls fly around a ship in expectation of food and the keynote here is the easily acquired dependence of psychic desires upon the stimulation of social circumstances okay that's a very confusing sentence animals <laughs> animals drawn in the circle of what human society produces find it easier to depend on man's handouts than to pursue their usually difficult search for sustenance. The seagulls here symbolize the more wild and normally untamable energies of the human soul, but they too can develop a land of domesticated dependence on the byproducts of man's adventures within the realm of the unconscious, which is the sea. The natural instincts feed on the reactions and often perversions of the socially conditioned mind ego. The first stage of the process represented by the 52nd sequence of five symbols shows us how nature can readily become subservient to man's restless ambition to dominate the entire biosphere through an all-human planetary socio-economic organization this is the symbol of dependence. I take that uh, as a warning more than yes. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to what we've all talked, what we've been talking about. Right, it fits into what we've been talking about. Like, yeah. do we want to be dependent on somebody giving us handouts, or do we want to be more mindful of the fact that we're sharing space with seagulls and other animals and other humans? Mm. Definitely. Mm, interesting. So the Chandra symbol is a man shearing sheep. It says practical fortitude, resiliency to keep finding a way to do it, to keep discovering how to get through the deepest quandaries, the greatest karmic traps, ingenious and resourceful, paying attention to the cues, going to get it right. You're involved within a path which requires discipleship or apprenticeship, learning the ropes, building up fresh capacity in this lifetime to scale the heights, but you remain preoccupied and absorbed within honest tasks. A pervasive conviction grows and forms of how it really is. You're willing to take every step to reach a far goal and attentive to what is really there a throwback to the old ways of a rural past, oddly comfortable in adopting new forms and moving through phases and taking on the worlds. The journeyman learns the way of the journey and gathers earth wisdom in small bundles, knowing how to be there when it counts. Well, that's got a lot in it to unpack, but basically it's saying what we've talked about with um, both Mm. the 
of Aquarius bringing in the old and um, in in a new way and you know about shooting your arrows and not getting caught in the traps um looking at things differently and of course sagittarius really and jupiter really is the journeyman all the way it's always oh, traveling, yes. traveling in That's... the heart you know wandering and wandering i always say w-o-n <laughs> and w-a-n because uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's always learning the ways of the journey and journey and Sagittarius is about travel of the mind and um and physically. So yeah. you know, I like that um Yes, and it makes me think also of uh, Saturn, of course, because yeah. the whole point of Saturn being in Capricorn is to make us do the due diligence to attend to being the apprentice, right? Yeah. To learning the ropes of something new. We just talked about, you talked about how we're in a new energy and everything's shifting and our minds are changing and our hearts are changing. So we're, we're either, we're lost, but we're lost in wonder that we can begin to find a task that we can do uh, yeah. until we master it, which is this journey we're on. Awesome. Wonderful journey of life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think we've I think we're going to wrap up for the day. But uh, Jen, where can people find you? Well, they can find me at on my website jenduchen.com, and the cards, if they're interested, are there. Uh, they can also find me all over the internet, Jen Duchenne. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can find me on my website, louiseeddington.com, or just google my name as well i have a free group on facebook as genders also um mine's planetary magic cafe and jen will tell you hers in a minute <laughs> it's a long name. Uh, you can find my book on the website um yeah and just you know come follow me louise eddington astrologer facebook page um join the facebook group there's lots of ways that you can um get to know my work and Jen's through uh, Facebook as well. So, Yes, my, uh, my group is uh, the Light Club of the Woo Woo Weirdos of the World. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an amazing so. name, but I can never remember. <laughs> but if you, I don't know, I'm amazed I, made, I remembered it. <laughs> if you start typing in Light Club, I think it will come up because I don't think there's many. <laughs> oh so for for this new moon it's a goodbye from lou and goodbye from jen and i just wanted to mention if you love our podcast please give us a review you know five stars we'll take that <laughs> more reviews the better on itunes if you're on itunes I, I think you can probably review it on other podcast outlets stitcher and we're on all of the um outlets we're also on youtube um but we're actually creating a new youtube channel just for this podcast so that's actually called weirdly magical so please go and subscribe to that youtube channel as well we um we have no subscribers yet because we set it up on friday <laughs> so uh <laughs> from both of us it's goodbye for now <laughs>